Hello and welcome to the Creativity Snippets podcast with myself, Tracy Stanley, and Barbara Wilson. We're passionate about encouraging creativity and are co-authors of the book Creativity Cycling, Help Your Team Solve Complex Problems with Creative Tools. Now, I live in Brisbane, Australia, and Barbara lives near Nice in the south of France. Now, we started recording our conversations at the beginning of 2020 to provide both information and inspiration on applying creativity to all aspects of your life. Um, hello, Barbara. Let me pass the microphone over to you. Good morning or good evening for you, Tracy. <laughs> um, so thank you for the introduction. We recently revisited, or I, I started by revisiting the book and then passed this on to, to Tracy, but the book that was written in 2012 by Austin Cleon, I think that's how you pronounce his surname, um, How to Steal Like an Artist. It had been sitting on my bookshelf for all those 10 years and I had delved into it previously, but I came across something recently that um, really prompted me to look at it again. And in it, there are many great points around sort of knowledge and creativity, which I think are worth sharing. So having discussed it, um, we decided to, to just share the key points from this book and link them to some of our experiences. So today we're going to discuss the first five of these points um, and we'll go through them one by one. And then um, we'll do a second podcast in a month's time where we'll look at the, the final five of the book. So let's start with the first topic, which is actually the title of the book, Steal Like an Artist. Now I've taken, I've, I've kind of summarized the main points that stood out for me in this section. And I just want to go through those first and then really sort of talk about what resonates with me. So Cleon makes the point that um, nothing is original and we should collect good ideas, find artists you love and study them, then take three of those people that you've loved and followed and do the same, or take three, three separate people. Be curious about the world, carry a notebook and pen everywhere and jot down observations, overheard conversations, etc. Start a swipe file. So those were the points I took from the book in for the first section. And I guess what really resonated with me, and I want to particularly highlight, are a couple of those that um, we've referred to as well in, in our book on creativity, is that we really need to go out and just perceive the world. So look around us. Um, and in doing that, we're collecting ideas and also we're, I suppose, indulging our curiosity. The second point I'd say is, is about originality. The, the, the title, Tracy and I have been having a discussion about the title, Steal Like an Artist. But a lot of artists started, um, and by artists, I'm, I'm, having, I'm using this in a very wide, broad sense. A lot of artists started by copying um, other artists. You know, in, in photography, um, one of the advices or advice that I've I've come across frequently 
is to copy, is to find somebody you really like and take photographs in using their style, but then use that as a base for, for sort of jumping off into your own style. So yes, nothing is original, but anything can be a stepping off point for your own ideas. So, you know, build on that. Get inspiration from what already has been done. Tracy, what are your thoughts on this? Thanks, Barbara. I guess I've, I've got a few reflections that really build on and support you know, some of the points that you've made. I think our listeners know I mean, I, that I have a background in knowledge management um, from a study point of view and from a work point of view. And, and this experience and education really reinforced this fact that, you know, I said all new knowledge builds on existing knowledge. Uh, and I guess in this day and age, we want to find something out. We Google it or we use artificial intelligence like ChatGBT. And at that time, it's a very conscious process that we're looking to see what does exist now and then, you know, how could I modify or improve or in some way personalise that knowledge? I think sometimes that what we don't realise is that that process is unconscious. You know, we may have seen a painting or a building and not consciously realised that it had affected us in some way and that may have influenced something artistic we did in the future. So I guess I, I guess want to highlight sort of both the conscious, sometimes we consciously are looking to copy and other times we do it. And it's not that we're being deceitful, we don't actually recognise what has influenced our thinking. And it could be we've seen something that we love and we want to copy it or even that we've seen something that we hate and we absolutely don't want to do anything like that. Um, yeah. And, and these ideas... The, they can come from anywhere. As I said, they can be conscious when you're looking on the internet or just when you're outside in nature or looking at the built environment that it's around you. So um, bearing that in mind, I would encourage you to sort of to look for ideas everywhere, to take notes or take photographs of things that you love. And as I said, things that you don't love um, and note down your reflections in some way, in some way, because it's possible that something will come up in the future and making the link to the reference will actually perhaps make it more meaningful um, in whichever way you are pursuing your art. Uh, yeah, I think those are the main points I wanted to make. Um, what did I take us on to the, um, the next point, which is around not waiting until you know who you are to get started? Um, this quote reminds me a bit of um, the German philosopher Goethe who talked about, you know, just start, <laughs> just start and how much power there is in just started, starting. Um, and Barbara and I have often spoken about one of the barriers to starting being this whole um, imposter syndrome, and that's something Cleon talks about in the book. Um, he actually uses the language of fake it till you make it, and I, I think that's good advice. Um, I remember someone, I was having to give a presentation, and someone said to me, oh, just imagine you're putting on a sort of a, a cloak of confidence and you are that confident person. And that will actually switch your mindset. And I found that to be very helpful advice. Um, and, and as I guess, making a link to the comments I've just made, be more knowledgeable, thoughtful of when you are copying something and be looking with the mindset. So this, this is what's there now. How, how can I take this and improve this or personalise it and make it more appropriate for whatever it is that I'm creating? Um, so yeah, so um, and I, I, it wasn't me who made this um this statement up, but um someone who I quite respect, who's a consultant, says that you know where we, where we are and where we want to be, the difference is only of a bit of knowledge. 
So sort of look at things, look at acquiring knowledge and developing knowledge and helping you to move from where you are to, to your vision of where you want to be. I think that's that's my thoughts for that. Barbara, anything to add? Yeah, I, I thanks, Tracy. And I, I think the, the big thing for me in this particular section was the imposter syndrome, as I think it's such a powerful concept. Um, it's one I've seen a lot in my coaching, particularly amongst women, and one I recognize in, in now in, in my photography. Um, it's so easy to get into this trap of, um, well, you know, I'm not as good as uh, Henri Cartier-Bresson, so who am I to share my photos, for example? Um, but, you know, it, 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 is a, it is a very strong phenomenon. It's as if many of us, um, and I do take this personally because it does apply, but many of us are just waiting to be recognised somehow, to be approved of by the external world. And I think that, I don't know where that comes from. I'm sure a lot of psychologists would have a lot of different theories on it. But I think it's that imposter syndrome sometimes gets in the way. And I really do think that we need to, you know, just just bite the bullet and, um, yeah, fake it till you make it, um, which I think is is one of the interesting um, points that Cleon makes in, in the book. Um, just do it, as you say, Tracy. So yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's what I've, uh, I've taken from that section. So shall we move on to the third section in yeah. the book? Yeah. Um, and this is an interesting one, which is write the book you want to read. And Leon actually says, write what you like, not what you know, and follow what you like and then build on it. Um, I, I found this interesting because at first I thought that figures, you know, I can, I can relate to that, particularly in terms of photography. Um, so I now am a little bit more discerning, I suppose, in, in who I follow. I'm much more a, into a street photography than I am, say, into landscape photography. And so I'm following people who are doing um, the sort of work that, that I want to do in that area. However, what's interesting is that when it comes to writing, and I mean, Tracy, I don't know what your views on this, but when it comes to writing, a lot of the uh, advice you get is that write what you know, start from what you know. Um, and I find that a little bit of a contradiction there. So write what you like or write what you know. Um, Hopefully, the two might be the same thing, but I guess not always. So a little Absolutely, bit of hopefully. reflection yeah. there, Tracy. What do you? What do you? Any yeah. Oh, look, I, this is something I feel quite strongly about. Um, I, you know, I've often reflected on. I mean, I, I, I write different types of books. I write business books, books on creativity. I write travel memoirs, and I like action novels. Um, uh, and I, I write books that I feel passionate about and I kind of can't, I know that there are some authors who write to market, who see a trend that's emerging. I was just having a chat with Barbara about someone who I know has written a book about how to use chat GBT to write a nonfiction book. I mean, that is such a timely book grabbing onto the um, rising curve of interest in this area. For me, I, I'd have trouble writing any book unless I really loved it because it takes a lot of effort to do it. So that's kind of my first thought. The second thought is, 
where I am now as opposed to where I was before I wrote my first book, I know that it doesn't matter if it looks rubbish to start with. You know, you can't improve something if it doesn't exist. So um, it's much easier for me. I don't, I'm not overwhelmed by, oh, I've got to write this book um, or will it be good enough? And that was what I felt in the beginning because I know maybe it's not good enough, but I can't do anything with it unless it's done. And then once it's done, there are ways that I can get help by um, having editors and talking to beta readers um, and then putting it out there into the universe, which is terribly, terribly scary because that's really the um, the main judgment point where people will read it and then they comment on it. So, um, yeah, and I always write the book that, that I want to read. I guess, yes, I yeah, have that perspective. Um, this is a book I'd like to be on, and I think that that attitude and that passion, I, I hope that it comes through in the way that I write the story. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That almost feels like an, a, a discussion to be extended at some stage. But very yeah. Thoughts there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, look, should I pick up the next point? The next point is around yeah. use your hands. And this is, again, something in Barbara and I talk about quite a lot. It's about the words Austin Cleon says is, you know, use your hands and not the computer. Um, and I know that there's a different way of thinking when you're sort of you're more sort of in some ways analytical and rational when you're there typing words as opposed to using other forms of expression that help you to think differently. Um, things that engage our other senses, not just our rational brain. Um, and one thing I don't do enough of, but when I do it, I know that it's powerful, is this writing by hand. Um, what, what, Barbara, what's the expression for that when you just sort of free writing, you just write and write and write and there's no editing and you just keep going over the, over the pages and pages? Yeah. And um, I, I belong to a writing group and I know that we have, we have an exercise every month and everybody else free writes, but I sit there in my analytical mode because mine's always a third the length of all the others because I have some barriers on me. I, I find it hard to keep writing and writing because I've got this thing where I sort of stop and edit and correct, have I done the right thing? Um, Barbara, what, what, what's your experience with um, not using computers and, and even with the experience of free writing? Yeah, I, thanks, Tracy. Um, definitely for me, uh, in fact, I, I find it difficult to even get to write things on a computer nowadays. Um, I, I feel like I'm, maybe I'm going backwards in this. Um, <laughs> in fact, I've been... Uh, the whole process of typing up something is is quite um, stultifying for me almost. So, yeah, I love writing by hand. I have lots of notebooks. Um, I'm just sitting here looking at all the empty ones I've got ready to start writing in. Um, uh, it's it's um, it, I just love going out, finding a really nice notebook and then sitting and writing in it. And it also has to have I also have to have a really nice pen to write with. So there's a kind of ritual there for me. And once I've got that, I also have a habit of sitting at a certain, you know, same time every day as much as I can. And doesn't always work out. Have a coffee and write. And then I write by hand. And I start with a, a free write. Um, I love writing to prompts. And, you know, like you, I'm part of a, a, a small writing group. Um, and what we we produce short stories every month, and that what so what I what we do there is each of us takes it in turns to have a prompt, and then um, we just we just choose one of the prompts given and, and write. 
So it's, it's a kind of free writing, but it's free writing starting, say, with a couple of words or starting with a, a prompt of some sort. But yeah, writing by hand definitely does it for me. Um, and I have a difficulty in putting that onto the computer. Um, it, it seems such a awful task for me after I've written something you know that's several pages long in a lovely notebook so that's that's my block Tracy <laughs> um yeah. yeah so anyhow shall we move on to the next yeah yep. it's our yep. last section in this particular podcast uh -huh. which is um the fifth part of the book that Cleon's written and the title of this sort of section which is, I find, an interesting one, is side projects and hobbies are important. So he makes the point of, um, or several points, practice productive procrastination. I'll come back to that in a minute. Take long walks, live with the boredom, do other things. Don't throw any of yourself away. You don't need to choose one project only. I really like that that section, Tracy. It was sort of practice productive procrastination. You know, yeah. I think procrastination is a bit of a hassle for, for people. Um, you know, it can really get in the way of, of doing things. But if it's productive procrastination, that that I think is a different issue altogether. It, it's about almost about finding something else you can do that will keep your creative brain engaged so um an interesting i mean for me I, I i think when i'm feeling like i what i was talking about earlier i don't feel like writing something up or doing something on on the computer that i should be doing then i can turn to uh, my photography and spend a couple of hours just uh doing a little bit of editing looking past past photos organizing them and in a way, that is exactly what I think he means by, you know, productive procrastination. It's it's I doing get, something sorry. useful. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. that that's what I'd say um, on that point. Tracy, you wanted to come in there. I was just going to sort of um, add on our previous conversations about incubation, um, avoiding something and not starting it isn't helpful because there's nothing to edit. So you should sort of start start something and then if you get stuck then you know take a break and move away and said so that's when the brain as we know will continue working even if you're on another task yeah so it's about recognizing you do need to start something you can't avoid it forever start it even just start it for 10 minutes and then just say oh do I want to continue with this or do I want to stop uh, and then recognize that you know your brain will be working on it while you're going out and taking photos or picking up a paintbrush or doing something in a different yeah. mode yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, no, I think that that that's a good point. Um, the other thing I was going to say as well about uh, this one is don't throw in that the point he makes about don't throw anything of yourself away um, or don't throw anything away. Um, and that I find that interesting. Um, I I find <laughs> I have great difficulty throwing things away anyway. So, um, however. I think that things like notebooks, um, documents of writing, and I never delete photos um, unless they're really, really bad. Um, but I, I can, all of those, I can sometimes go back to, particularly with photos, I can go back to photos I took five years ago 
and I can find something in them often that I missed at the time. You know, maybe they weren't as bad as I thought they were. Or maybe at that time, I was looking for something very specific. And mm. now if I go back with a fresh eye, you know, after five years, it's a fresh eye, then I can see something I didn't see then. So, you know, that that really resonated with me. Hmm. Hmm. I, I really liked the heading for this. You know, side, what, is it, what was it? Side projects and hobbies are important. I fully yeah. agree with that. There's something around the language. It makes it makes the play and the experimentation safe. If you've got to do something, like if you've got to write a book and you've got to make money, you've got to get on the curve and get it out there and so forth, there's a different mindset to when, oh, this is something I'm going to play with on the side. This is my free time. It might work. It might not. It, you know, you, can, you you perhaps take more risks. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, when you, when you don't think I've, I've got to do it to achieve some sort of specific other outcome, this is something I do for the pleasure and joy of it. Maybe I might monetize it. Maybe I might not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't separate from the joy I'm going to take from the creation process. That's an important point. Something you said there as well, Tracy. I might uh -huh. monetize it some later, but you know, maybe what what creativity is about is just play to start with, and then we can go back and look at, or we can look at the results and say, okay, do I want to do something with this? Do I want to turn it into something else? Or, um, yeah, interesting points yeah. there. Hmm. So. Um, Shall I wrap up now? I think yes, please do, Barbara. Yeah. The, we've covered the five first sections of the book. We'll be recording a second podcast to look at the second part of the book um, in a month's time. But just to wrap up the, the, the main takeaways, I think we've, we both feel from this part, from this half of the book, is first one, just start with what you like. The important word here is start. And I think you quoted Goethe there, just, just begin it. Um, observe the world. Follow who you like and be curious. You know, just go out there, look, note what you see and be curious about what you're seeing. And the third point I'd make is you are unique. Be you and do what you like. I mean, I keep coming back to do what you like there, but I think what's important is we are all different and we all like different things. Um, and it's important that even if we're following people that you know, we really admire, that we are also unique in our own right. So, Tracy, anything to add there? Well, I think I've just, that point you just made, Barbara, about creativity is play. In that safe space as a side project, there's play. Um, I, yeah, I've just been, I like that. I'm pleased that it came up in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so thank you, Tracy. Um, thanks for listening in, everyone. If you'd like to learn more from our experiences, you can find myself at barbara-wilson.com and tracy at tjstanley.com. And you can buy our book, Creativity Cycling, Help Your Team Solve Complex Problems with Creative Tools. And it's available on Amazon, Google Play and Book Depository. Wishing you all a creative day. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks, Barbara. Bye. Thanks. Bye.